bought these pants one time from H&M. And, you know, I'm, I'm a 36. I'm a 36. At least I want to be a 36. <laughs> and I bought these pants. I think they were like a 34 or whatever. And I, I said to myself, I'm going to get in those pants. I'm going to get in those pants. That was like two years ago. <laughs> pants are still there with the tag on it. I haven't given it away. But what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we put things away that are not meant for us to fight at that moment in time. But you put them away when you gain strength, when you gain wisdom, when you gain diligence, and you bring them out that you can fight them then. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> Skeletons in the Classes is a sermon series that I put together about allowing the you that God created you to be, to bear his strength and be able to defeat these demons that have been hiding in our closets. Now, can we be real for a minute? Yes, be real. Yes. We have like two of you sitting here. We have to understand that we're not all perfect. Y'all understand that, right? Yes. We're not all perfect. In fact, some of us, maybe all of us, have our secrets. That when we told Jesus, Lord, be Lord of all, you really had a secret compartment that you have not allowed him into. You really had secrets that you said, you know what? This is going to the grave. You really had secrets that though the Spirit of God ministers to you, you really don't talk about those things. And that's okay. But you have to understand that if God has called you to be a beacon of hope, there's going to come a point in time in your life where that thing has to come out the closet. Where that circumstance has to be told. Where you have to truly and emphatically defeat that demon. If not, it will go into your future. <clears throat> I've identified that there's certain things in our life that God is delivering us from that we cannot take where we're going, not because it's a sinful thing, because it's more a sabotager of your destiny. There are actions, characteristics, personalities that we have right now in our persona that we say, well, you know what? That's just me. Take it or leave me. Love me or leave me alone. But the devil is a liar because God is trying to mold you into the new you that you're supposed to be because the old you cannot bear the destiny God has for you. Am I, am I in the zone? Am I circling you? Come on, come on. There's a story that God shared with me in Joshua chapter 7. Make your way there. In which... You see the children of Israel in the first chapter of Joshua preparing themselves for the victory at Jericho. Now it's a victory that God already told them you shall have. It's a victory that God already prepared them for. It's a victory that God had already molded them for that. So they go into Jericho with all instructions, all strategy, and they take the land of Jericho, which is the first victory that God has given them. He says to them at the end of the victory, everything that your eyes see, every part of this land shall be yours. But what happens is that in the round two of the victory, they lose the battle at I because of something 
that had transpired. Something that came from the last victory could not come to the new victory. See, every now and then you got to understand that I thank God for where I came from, but I have to make my new victory relevant for where I'm going. It has to coincide where I'm going. It has to match what I'm doing. You can't speak the same old thing, do the same old thing, wear the same old thing. When God is destined you for greatness, you have to be malleable. You have to be the clay in the potter's hand. You can't say put my spot here or put it there. You have to do what the Lord says do because what he has you for is something greater than what you envision. Come on. Well, God, I can only talk to about five people. Well, God said 500, what you going to do? Well, God, I can only give $10. God said so 100, what you going to do? Well, God, I can only write one book. I got three books in you right now. What you going to do? See, we got to stop this whole habit of telling God how we want it, when we want it, or where we want it. But don't you know that he created you? You are the vessel. He knows how to stretch you. He knows how to increase you. He knows how to push you. He knows exactly what you're able to bear. If you stop telling God what you can and cannot do, God will work with you the way he wants to. There's certain skeletons in our closet. And the reason we keep them in the closet is because we don't want everybody to see. We don't want everybody to know that I am a procrastinator. We don't want everybody to know that I still lie every now and then. We don't want everybody to know that I still fear. We don't want everybody to know that I got some addiction. We don't want everybody to know that, listen, what you see is not all spirit. There's some Miguel in here too. But closets are so nice. Because the outside of it looks like it's part of what you're looking at. In other words, if you look at a closet, it looks like it, it belongs to the decor. It belongs to the wall. It belongs to the house. We have the nice textured doors and the white doors and the trim. And everything looks nice. But what lies beyond what I can't see is what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to minister, minister to what people don't see. I'm not trying to minister to what we're talking about all the time. But what about the you that people don't see? The you that is behind closed doors. The you that every now and then just lets a spur of anger out. When things don't go your way, that's the part of you that's affecting you. That's the part of you that's robbing you of your destiny. Robbing you of your future. Robbing you of your blessing. God said until you handle that matters of your heart, David, you cannot take the throne. Things are made in darkness and God works in the midst of yours. We've always said that God is a God of light, but you got to understand that darkness itself is not a thing, but it's the absence of. And God is trying to tell you that in the midst or in the absence of, I work in the midst of what's absent in your life. I work in the midst of what, what you need, what you don't have. In the midst of your sickness, I work in there. In the midst of your trouble, I work in there. When you're down and out, I work in there. I work in the midst of. How do I know? Well, the Bible told me that the Spirit of God hovered over the deep. you got to understand that just because you're in a dark place don't mean my God don't have his eye on you. doesn't mean God is not working on you. He's working in the midst of darkness. He's working in the midst of your closet experience. You ain't coming out. That's all right. My God can walk in. He said that he saved three days in show, in the bottom, in the closets of closets, in the uttermost deep. He went down and out and to bring him out, God can 
through. Somebody better give him some glory up in here. We hide things in closets. We hide things so that others won't see it. And we have this double mentality, Minister Harry, that we say, you know what? I'll handle it later. You ever said that? I'll pray about that later. I'll handle that later. God ain't done with me yet. He knows my heart. I'm talking to you, church, church folks, church leader, right? You know, I'm still under construction. He, he knows my heart. He ain't done with me yet. That's saying, I'll take care of it later. But you have to understand that your destiny is also under a time loop. So your later is robbing you of your then. Because every time you say later to this demon, your destiny is being postponed by the same amount of time that you don't take to handle this. So if this later goes into one day, one month, one year, this destiny gets delayed one day, one month, one year, because the two coincide with one another. And until you defeat this demon here, because this demon, watch this, has no jurisdiction in this future, but you are the vehicle that's carrying it. You are the vehicle that's carrying this demon, this spirit, this procrastination, this double-mindedness, this doubt. How is it that you're 20 years in the faith and you're still doubting God like you used to at the beginning? Listen, I don't have no problem with doubt. We all experience doubt. But I should not doubt him now the way I used to. The problems now are not the same as then. My strength is made perfect. In his, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So you Understand that I have a new experience in him at this point. Let me share this with you before I go to Joshua. Second Corinthians 10. I want to share this with you because skeletons in the closet, believe it or not, we say it could be a worldly thing, but it's really more religious in nature than anything else. Because when we are taken by religion and not led by relationship, we tend to put off things to later instead of killing them right there and then. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, for the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in, the, in God for the pulling down of stronghold, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing, you ready for this? This is how we put things in the closet. Bringing every thought into captivity. Stop right there. Into captivity. Of course, it goes on and says to the obedience of God. But it says, bringing every thought into captivity. How many demons have you captured? And just have them caught? You ever been, uh, seen uh, movies, people in jail? Right? People in jail. They're caught. But they're not quiet. I'm going to say that again. I said they're caught, but they're not quiet. And what happens is that we capture these vain thoughts and these vain imaginations. We, we catch them, but they don't remain quiet. And because they don't remain quiet, they're sabotagers of your destiny. Because if anything can speak louder than the word of God in your life, <laughs> you best believe it's going to affect your future. Amen? Amen. Glory. All right, let me get to my text. Let me get to my text. Joshua chapter 7. I want to read a little bit of it. Let me jump around a little bit. I don't have to stand up. 
But y'all can read this in your own time, the whole chapter. I'm telling you, it's going to bless you. Look how the chapter starts. It says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed thing for Achan, the son of Carmine, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah. That it says, From the tribe of Judah took of the accursed things, so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Isn't it amazing how here it is, a whole camp of about millions. Because the Bible said that when they came out of Egypt, there were millions. A whole camp of about millions was defeated in battle because of one person's negligence. One person's negligence. It goes on in Joshua chapter 7, verse 10. It says, so the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why do you lie thus on your face? Israel has sinned, and they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. For they have even taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless, somebody say unless, unless, unless you destroy the accursed from among you, get up. Sanctify the people and sanctify yourself for tomorrow. Because thus says the Lord God of Israel, there is an accursed thing in your midst. There is an accursed thing in your midst. Now I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm not pinpointing you of anything. I'm not prophesying to you. I am saying that your victory What's affecting your victory in this battle is that there is an accursed thing that you have not yet killed and is causing you your victory. There is something that is impeding you from going forward. There is something that is impeding you from giving, reaping the whole uh, blessings of God. There's something that's impeding you from getting the total knowledge, the total revelation, the whole picture. You've got it but a glimpse. But you don't see the whole vision because there is something that is keeping you distracted. The Bible tells us that Achan, Achan was one from the tribe of Judah that after, watch this, after they had defeated Jericho and God told them, do not take none of the spoils. Don't take anything that falls out of that battle. See, there's certain battles that you have fought and God is saying, don't take nothing from that battle. Don't no bitterness, don't take no pride, don't take no ego, don't take no, yeah, that was me. Don't take none of those things, but just continue to walk the way you walk. Don't take anything from them. Don't take no money. Don't take no no, no, no promotion. Don't take no anything, because that battle is not what's going to bless you. What's going to bless you is the next battle, but if you take something from this battle, it's an accursed thing that's impeding you from going forward. Oh my God. Oh my God. Here it is. I thought I had to pray more. I thought I had to fast more. I thought I had to read more. I thought I had to come to Bible study, midweek service, double service, follow the apostle. But you know what? There's something inside of me that's a curse. There's something inside of me that's keeping me. Is it my bitterness? Is it problem with my ex-wife? Is it problem with my ex-husband? Is it something that the leaders ain't doing that I just don't like it? Is it something that ain't sitting with me the right way? There's something on the inside of me. 
me. It's not the inside of somebody else, but it's the inside of me. Because the victory is mine. I'm trying to claim this victory. So Lord, put a microscope on me. Put me under the glass. Let me see me. Let me take care of this being. I keep focusing on the speck of dust that's in front of your face. But I never took time to take care of this big old being. Take care of my problem. Take care of my worry. Take care of my ego. Yes, I'm prideful. I lie sometimes. I cheat sometimes. I got some addiction. I do this and that. I ain't perfect. But let me take care of this. That I can go into victory. The reason I tell you that skeletons in the closet is, is, is a result of religiosity more than anything is because we tend to be more religious than relational. We tend to be more religious than relational. What I mean by that is that the word says that two cannot walk together lest they agree. But it never told me to sever relationship. I know the word said uh, uh, two cannot be unequally yoked. But how are you supposed to evangelize if you ain't friends with your enemies? See, y'all ain't talking to me. So you got to understand that God has a plan for everything. See, we, we like to talk about our enemies. We like to separate, seclude ourselves. Yeah, we're Christians and they're not. But you got to understand that God has called you the beacon and the hope of this world. God said in his word that he'll make your enemy your footstool. Footstool is not a bad thing. If it wasn't for a footstool right now, I'll fall on my behind. So your own enemies are the ones who are going to exalt you into the next level. But if you can take care of that accursed thing in you and get beside yourself, you can see that some of your enemies need to bless you. Saul, one of the biggest terrorists in the church, went on to feed you all. Wrote more than half of the New Testament. And if we were to Stay that way, we will not receive this word. Amen? Amen. Come on, give God some praise real quick. Can I break this down for you? Let me break it down. Look what it says. God says at the beginning of them going out to the battle, He says, There's an accursed thing in the camp. In other words, He warned them. He warned them, Joshua went out with all confidence. From the last battle. Which lets me to believe that not every battle is the same. Not every battle can be fought the same. Remember, they fought Jericho with obedience. Run around the wall seven times. Shouted where God says shouted. Never drew a sword and defeated the enemy. But this battle is a little bit more intense. This battle, you gotta go to the next level. This battle, you don't have to get on your knees. You don't have to search deep down on the inside of you and see what is going on with me. It ain't the captain of the army. It ain't the general of the army. It ain't the pastor. It ain't the leader. It ain't the bishop. There's something within me. What can I do to draw this sword? What can I do to strike harder? What can I do? What's impeding me? Is something going on with your right shoulder? Get it taken care of. Think about this. Would you go to battle with me if I had a bad, a bad arm? <laughs> Will you fight side by side with me if one of my eyes was stricken? Will you fight next to me if I could not walk? Because
because there's a flaw that's impeding us from winning. So how is it that you engage in battle with people that you know not the total circumstance? Come on, come on, pray with me. Can you pray with me? Can you touch and agree with me? I don't know what she's into. I don't know if she's really praying from you or not. I don't know if she's really, you, know, you ever need those prayers sometimes? You need somebody just call down heaven for you. And people just give you a little patty cake, mediocre. No, 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 no. Listen, I'm dealing. See, that's what we do. I'm going to say we got to be like real, like the word just to be real. I'm not talking about religion, but I'm like, listen, I need somebody to really warfare with me. Can you meet me at the church? I know it's off hours. I know pastor ain't there, apostle ain't there, but we need to warfare in front of the church. My babies are being attacked. My money is being touched. My health. Somebody said that they found something on this side or in my throat or over here. Listen, I don't know if it's cancerous, but I need somebody to fight for me. See, I ain't listening to me. Every now and then, you gotta get real. When things happen to you that hit home, you gotta say, I need me a prayer warrior. I need me somebody that can rain heaven down, that can tell me, that can decree and declare. I'm scared about this thing. And when I need to fight, I want to knock the hell out the enemy. I need some help. So every now and then, you got to get with the program. You got to get with the person. You got to interview them, evaluate them. You ain't got no idols to you. You ain't got nothing that I don't need to be praying for. You want to make sure you're good before the Lord, right? Because I need my prayer to get through. I need to do some things. I need the victory like never before. God told them from the beginning, Joshua, you're not going to take the victory the way you took it in Jericho. See, Jericho had a wall between them and the victory. In other words, the physical battle or, 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 or the war was, was an outward thing. The, the wall was outside of them. This wall was internal. It was a wall between them and God. So God always shows you natural to spiritual. That ain't talking to me. That ain't talking to me. He said, I'm going to show you in Jericho what you need to do between you and me. I'm going to show you with Jericho what you need to do between you and me. Some of us say, God, rule it all. But we got closets with locks in them. God, oh, you be the master of everything. God trying to discipline you in something you don't even listen to. See, I'm not trying to chasten you. I'm trying to bring you to an awareness to understand that. That the level that God is trying to bring you to is a higher level that your old you cannot inherit. You have to be okay with that. I know you want to take the old you so that so that you get a new blessing and go back to the block like, yeah, look what God did. Watch it. What, what? No, no, no. See, God wants that guy to stay behind. Kill that old demon. Kill that old man. Kill that old nature. Let the new nature inherit. Because when you inherit the new nature, yes, you'll go back around the block. But to bless people, let me help you out. Let me grease you. Let me pray for you. Here's a little something. Let me do for you what God did for me. No animosity. 
No, 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 no uh, thought whatsoever. You were my enemy, I will give you something. God wants you to be like David when he was in the midst of the cave. He could have killed Saul, but he didn't. Amen. He could have, watch this, he could have fast forward his destiny, but he didn't. And God wants us to have that type of heart. That when you go out there, people see the same God that you saw when you were down and out, when you were in need, when you needed a blessing. They want to see the same God. So allow God to use you. Be a vessel, a beacon of hope. Yes. But I got to kill what's in my closet. My God, my God, my God. Another thing about closets. <laughs> Woo, this was good. Closets hold your perceptions. I'll say that again. Closets hold your perceptions. Don't believe me. I'm like, this Where do you think I got this from? Nice shirt, nice pants, the fly, right? Where do they come from? Say, where do they come from? Say, where do they come from? My closet. My closet has given me the perception of what I want you to see. <laughs> you put on what's in your closet every day. That's what you can't lie. Well, when, listen, when you had a bad day, you were trying to hide it. <laughs> Look like an Instagram filter. On, on and off. Can't hide it. You're right, what's wrong? Well, I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. Your eyebrows are too high to be blessed. You use lying there. Bring it down a little bit. Right there. Too much. Too much. Bring it up. You ever looked in the mirror and you try to practice your face? That's right. <laughs> Thank you, sister. Be real. <laughs> you, try, you practice your face. Too much. Too scary. Because what's in your closet lets people know what you put on. My God, my God. Every outfit that I own is in my closet. If I put it on, then I got stuff from jeans to suits in there. And when I know, what I want people to see, I go in my closet and I, and I want a shirt, what, no, shirt, no, I want a t-shirt today, no, I want something, no. So you better be careful what you're putting on because it's coming from your closet. My God, and if you have not killed or gotten rid of some outfits, you're going to come out looking like the deepest, darkest thing inside your closet. You come out, you think you fly, you're like, girl, what you got on? Oh, you like this? <laughs> it's all I'm saying. You put on what you go through. And God is saying it's springtime, it's spring cleaning. You got to clear out your closet. I got a new outfit. Why don't you get me uh, uh, the spirit of, uh, what does it say? The, 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 uh, the, the spirit of happiness for the garment of praise. Let me change your garment. Let me change your persona, your perspective. Let me put joy in your heart, peace in your heart. Not the peace that you want from baby. Not, not the peace that you want from, from Prada, not the peace that you want from whatever, not the peace that the world gives you, but the peace that I give you that surpasses all understanding, that you can have joy in spite of it all, that you can wake up and you say good morning and people say what's good about it, and your joy remains, your happiness remains, your power remains, that no weapon formed that gets you truly shall prosper. Come on, somebody, because you know that God has put on this 
there's life that brings certain, I want to say, uh, 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 climate-like events. Follow me. Climate-like events that'll make you, it'll make you go in your closet to get a certain outfit for the circumstance. Did that make sense? Let me say it again. Life, life, life will bring you certain climate, certain weather that will make you go in your closet and get an outfit for the circumstance. You ever been mad at somebody or you know somebody ain't for you? Like you know they talking about you. You know they ranted whatever about you and you coming into their presence, you already put an outfit on it. <laughs> oh, oh, it's her. Put on bitterness. I want to make sure she see I'm bitter. Oh, God bless you. How you doing? Oh, God bless you. Oh, my God. Oh, God bless you, my sister. God bless you. God bless you. How you doing? You know, God bless you. Well, make sure she knows. <laughs> we put outfits on based on what life gives us. And God said you should always have the garment of righteousness. It's an illuminating garment that attracts people. Light attracts. You ever walk down a dark alley and you walk close to the light? Or you ever lost something in darkness and you shine the light over here? Light attracts. So if you put on the garment of righteousness, it attracts people. But every now and then, we don't want people to see our light. That's right. Oh my God, there she is again. Uh-huh. So we got to be careful what's in our closet. Amen? Amen. Come on, put your hands together. God is warning Joshua. I want to give you this strategy. Write this down. God is warning Joshua, and he's telling them, he said, listen, Israel has sinned and they have transgressed. Write that word, transgress. T-R-A-N-S-G-R-E-S-S-E-D. I try to spell it. You know, English is my second language. Transgress. Now, the word trans means, means to be changed, to be transformed. It even means to propel, go forward. It means progression. Now, the word grass means to backpedal. To go backwards. So he says, you're changing, but in a backwards way. See, because when God talks about transgression, please, people of God, listen to me. It has nothing to do with physical sin. Transgression has nothing to do with physical sin, but has everything to do with going back on the covenant that you made with him. So when we say, God, be Lord of all, and we don't let him into our closet, we have transgressed. We went backward on what we were supposed to go forward in. Am I making sense? Yeah. There's some things that we have kept God from. Come on, be real. Yeah. There's some things that we have kept God from. We say, God, I got this, I got that, I got the cooking, I got the cleaning, I got this, I got... God said, let me be God in your life. So he said, Israel have transgressed. They went backwards in what I told them to go forward, which is my commandment. So well, they have taken some of the accursed things and they have both stolen and deceived and they have also put it among their own stuff. Somebody say own stuff. Own stuff. God does not have a problem so much as us bringing the accursed thing into the camp. But that we have colonized what we brought into. 
that you think is normal to act the way you act. Pero como voy a hacer, voy a hacer, vamos a tomar shoes, voy a hacer. That's the problem there. We think it to be normal. Okay, help me, Peter. Yes, don't you know that you are a peculiar people? You are priests to God. You are to be consecrated. The Bible said, I beseech you, I beg of you, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. We are different. Look at somebody and say, you're different. <laughs> you're different. And the problem is that when we act like what we're not supposed to, that's one problem. But when we think it to be common, that's a bigger problem. Can I share with you how big of a problem that is? Take your president. Take your president, right? I'm not talking politics. Just listen to me for a minute. The way, the reason you're disturbed by his actions is because you know that's not a common action for the chief, the leader, to act like. But when the new chief says, that's just who I am, it creates a problem. Right? So watch this. You are made in God's image. You are his priests. You are his ministers. You are his beacon of hope. You are, yes, normal people, but there's also nothing normal about you. Because in you lies the power of God. And when you colonize such an immense power with everything else, it insults God. When you take what is so valuable and you just throw it in the dresser, when you take what is so gifted and you don't reverence it. When you take what God himself had to die for. And you don't nourish it every day. That's what God is saying. Israel has a problem with me. Because though I physically took a wall down. They put a spiritual wall up. So we took the first wall down. Now it's time to take the second wall down. He says you have placed what you took in the midst of all the other stuff. You have intermingled. You have put it together. What, what God wants and what God does want, doesn't want. And you call it, well, God knows my heart. What you said, well, God knows I'm under construction. And you said, well, God knows I'm not perfect. Yes, he knows that. But he does not want you to mingle your past with your future. Because the two cannot live together. If that be so, then your future will be in your past waiting for you. But he said, you cannot bring what happened to you and what's going to happen to you. You, you. you cannot bring the old and the new. He said, you can't mix old skin with new wine. You can't do it. So, so he said, because, because you have done this, the victory cannot be given to you because that old thing does not have jurisdiction in your newness. That old nature does not have jurisdiction in your new destiny. So you now have to make 
a choice. Can't take it. You, 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 you can't pray for the healing and at the same time hurt your body. It don't, it don't work. You, you can't pray the cancer away and then be smoking after church. You, 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 you can't say, well, God, you know, uh, heal my body. And at the same time, you're putting things into your body that are negating the very same thing you're praying for. It don't work. You can't speak death and then life in the same verbiage. It doesn't work. So what happens is they cancel each other out. And when they cancel each other out, here you go to gain the victory, but you can't gain the victory because that accursed thing is walking with you. Oh God, I claim the victory, but all inside of you, you have that wall of division between you and God and you're really doubting. And how can you claim the victory when you're walking in doubt? Oh God's going to do it, but pray for me 12, 12 more times just in case. Just in case of what? Believe it. Just believe it once and for all. He says, do not mingle the two. Then he says this. Are you ready for this? So number one was don't mingle the two. I'm giving you strategies for victories. Don't mingle the two. Don't mingle your bitterness and your blessedness. Don't mingle the two. If you're going to be blessed, be blessed. If you're going to be bitter, be bitter. One or the other. He said, be hot, be cold, but don't be lukewarm. Amen? Amen. And listen, you can be it. If you want to be mad, you be mad. I always tell people, listen, the Bible says you can be angry, but sin not, right? That's what it says. Somebody did you wrong, you can be mad. You be mad for all two hours. <laughs> After two hours, you clean yourself off, you speak to God, you forgive, and you keep moving forward. Because I'm not going to let what happened between you and me rob me of my destiny. Your destiny ain't just for you. That's what he's telling you. He said, Joshua whole camp of Israel is coming down to one person. Don't you know that what you're fighting for ain't just for you? It's for your children, your children's children, your neighbor, your pastor, those beside you, all your friends and family. You're fighting for something bigger than you. Number one, do not mingle the two. Don't make God's things common. As a matter of fact, one more thing I'm going to tell you. That's what God... They were in trouble with the Ark of the Covenant because he brought it any old way. He carried it the way he thought it should be carried. And God is saying, listen, when it comes to my glory, you got to be radical every now and then. You got to carry my glory every now and then. You got to do something extreme. I don't care if you're going to give seven steps and sacrifice. I don't care if you're walking around your office and you're praying, speaking in tongues. And they say, well, here comes the crazy one. Guess what? You might, might look crazy, but tomorrow I'll be blessed. To God be the glory. Every now and then, you got to carry God's glory in an unpeculiar way, in a unique way, in an abstract way, in a way that Tell people, this man, this woman has something about them that I've never seen before. What is it? I can't put my finger on it. But to God be the glory. You got to do things different every now and then. Come on, give him glory. Number two, you ready for number two? Number two, he says, get up and get sanctified. Get up and get sanctified. Number two has dual action in there. Number one of number two is to get up. First of all, you gotta encourage yourself. You gotta make sure that what I, what, what prophet just said right now, what bishop just said, God will do it over and over and over again. Don't you know when you fail, God fail, and God is not a failure. So if God allow you to fall, it's so you can learn a lesson. Get up. 
again, get up again, try again, speak again, work again, do it again, go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one, until something happens, it's a progressive God, he said I'll complete, I'll complete, I'll complete every good work that I started, if you happen to find yourself in the closet, get yourself out and try it again, try another outfit, try something that looks good, combination, do the tank top, do the shirt, do the pants, whatever it is, but don't you stay down 
laborer is due his wages. So to sanctify means that, yes, I take care of my natural responsibility, but of a drop of a dime, I am ready to be used to the master's will. I am ready to speak a word when he needs me to speak a word. I am ready to pray for those who need prayer. I am ready to minister a word. I am ready to do whatever he wants me to do. Not my will, but your will be done. That's what it means to be consecrated. So when you get up and you try again, don't try it your way. Try it his way. Amen. Try it his way. God, I did it my way and I fell flat on my behind. Now I'm going to do it your way. I'm up. See, God needs you up before he can send you out. God needs you up before he can send you out. And I know the up part is very hard because it's very hard to encourage yourself in the midst of a bad circumstance. But that's why you surround yourself around like believers. Forsake not the assembly of the church. We will get you up. But once you're up, it is your mandate to go where God sends you. Amen? Amen. Glory be to God. I'm going to give you one more. And don't worry. This is a sermon series. Look at somebody say, it might be to be continued. To God be the glory. Who else is preaching? You, you preaching with me in this, in this one? Who preaching with me in this one? That's it? Oh, amen. Amen. Come on, let's get past that. Come on, heal from her. Our own flavor in this. Amen. He said, 13, get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourself for tomorrow. He said, sanctify the people, sanctify yourselves for when? For when? For when? I'm going to conclude on that. Your victory is closer than what you think. Your victory is closer to you than what you think. Amen. 